Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and today we're catching up with an amazing power couple who joined us during the pregnancy to talk about pregnancy and plans for birth. Now they've had their baby. Congratulations. And they're super creative and talented in amazing ways that they've talked about. But we are joined not only by them and their little guy, Judah, but also by their midwife. Four of them know exactly how the birth went. I'm the odd man out, but I can't wait to find out and take you, our audience, along for the ride. Leslie and Carvin Sasson and midwife Bliss Young, welcome back to the podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you. I say welcome back to Bliss, too, because she's no stranger. She's been on here several times, and Bliss is like everything. She's like my mentor in many ways, and I don't know, my little birth buddy that everybody (laughs) should have. I love being with you. Thank you for inviting me. But of course. Okay, so let's jump right into it, because I know there's some juicy stuff to talk about here. Um, (laughs) I said literally. Oh, literally juicy. Yes, yes. Okay, so here's the scoop. We are still, you've had your baby now for a little bit. How old's the baby? Two months, Wednesday. Two months. Congratulations. And you don't look tired at all, which is great. (laughs) Man. At least it's just audio for the, uh, the listeners. And we're still in a pandemic, newsflash, that hasn't changed. And a lot of people, after they have the baby, like to stay in the house for 40 days. You don't have a choice. So there you go. Yep. Couldn't have worked out better. How is the end? So you couldn't really do, like at the end of uh, pregnancy, people do baby showers and things like that. Were you able to do anything like that? Yeah, I did a virtual baby shower on Zoom with close friends and, and family from afar. I did one with family. And I had a friend host it. And I did one with my friends from New York, all over the different states. And then I did a third one, which was more like a woman's circle, where it was more like a prayer circle and just like affirmations for me for my birth that I use in the birth room where Judah's nursery is. I put all the affirmations up on the wall. Well, that's super cool. So only three then. You didn't have a big Orthodox Jewish chiropractic gathering. We should have done that for you. I feel bad. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to stick now, you know, because you were able to include so many more people by being virtual. No, you prefer the real thing. Horrible. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's a terrible choice. Virtual everything is awful. It sucks. I'm a people person. I'm in the business of people. So I, I, I need it. I actually didn't want to do any of it because it hurts more than it actually feels good to connect with me. Leslie's great. Like, she's the, the look on the bright side kind of gal. I'm like, this is awful. And I just rather sit and play video games than eat Oreos, which I did anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, eating Oreos virtually is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, I just think it would have been nice to do it in person. You know, make the list smaller, but I do think there was something about having a lot more people available and different people, you know, sharing their thoughts, giving their wisdom. It was really cool to see my grandma, you know, on there and stuff like that. So there were some benefits of having a Zoom baby shower. Any concept of a baby moon? Ha! We did we do, do that. We yeah. Moon, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't what I dreamed of, but we went to Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Like we did Airbnb Palm Springs. Oh, that's nice. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, we went to Trader Joe. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it go to Trader Joe's. Cause see? Because it was open. Yeah. That was nice. We, like, we got to connect. We got to connect there. That was, that was really nice. I actually appreciated that. We got to connect and talk. And we spoke about like our childhoods and we were like, you know, we talked about how we want a parent. And it was really beautiful to connect that way. It's like the calm before the storm. In retrospect, I really love that moment before our first born was born because it was really like the three of us. He's like fully formed in there and hanging out and 
it's just everything's an autopilot, so you don't really have to bathe them and dress them and feed them. At least I didn't have to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, then they come out, and it's just like, wow, how did everything get taken care of yesterday? Because <laughs> today it seems like a lot of effort. So it's nice, that little calm before the storm. L.A. L.A.? Yeah, being from New York, like just being in a place that has good weather, it makes it feel like it's vacation. But really, no, it's not vacation. You're like doing <laughs> regular life things. So then when we did the baby moon, I was like, oh, we actually aren't doing anything. Before, we thought we weren't doing anything just because the weather is nice, but really, we're actually doing life. So, yeah, it was yeah you run around a lot. Uh, how is the end of the pregnancy the last month or so for you, Leslie? It was challenging once I hit like 38, 39. Like I stopped teaching my classes. I had low energy, waddling a lot. And I felt like it was really hard to sleep. Like I was like tossing and turning. I ended up start sleeping in our pullout bed because our bed was just uncomfortable for me. And I think once I hit 40 weeks and then past the flexible date, I think that's when like it got challenging mentally. Like, it's like, I know that people like, you know, first time moms, they're usually a week late. But like once that like Friday, Saturday, and then I seen Bliss on Sunday, once that day hit, I was like, is he coming? You know, and then I think like fear kind of started creeping in. Like, what if I have to transfer? What if I have to get induced? And I think like 40 was like eating ice cream, trying to do all the oxytocin things. Like I ate a lot of cold stone and walked. <laughs> and then 41 hit and it was like oh like fear started sinking in and i really had to do a lot of mental work to get out of that place 41 when you were 41 i was still eating cold stone and just trying to help you out any way i could <laughs> you're welcome why is that i mean i know that you know the pressure is not coming from you nope good old california state legislation oh right uh, because uh yeah explain what that means yeah, so a few years back, the law changed in California, and they limited the parameters of what they considered normal. And so my clients can only deliver out of the hospital with a midwife from 37 to 42 weeks. So unfortunately, before this law, midwives were left to use their own discretion to make sure and monitor and make sure that the pregnancy was progressing normally and let labor begin on its own. But now that we have this date, I think it does put women into concern because they've worked so hard and planned to have this beautiful home birth. And now they have a week. <laughs> it's like seven days to make the baby come out. So, you know, we have lots of tools and tricks that we can use to help, although that wouldn't be my first choice, but we do have a lot of things. But if I'm remembering correctly, we didn't need to do anything. Is this true? Correct. Correct. Well, we need to surrender. Oh, little yum yum. <laughs> it literally was a week to the day or day after. Yeah, one day after. Yeah, let, let the people hear. Let the people hear. That's right. We've done other podcasts with babies. Yeah, but the baby doesn't bother me at all. No, me neither. <laughs> no, I, I was very fortunate that I didn't have to do any of the tricks. I just walked a lot. I think that was something like I think before, like as a personal trainer, I love to sweat. Like I want to really work out, do some intensive running, 
So walking during pregnancy, that was like new for me. And so I went trying to walk for an hour. Then I got so tired. So like I'm 41 weeks that it was like 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes, maybe in the evening. So I broke it up because it was so challenging to just walk. And it was also really hot. And I just remember um, one of the things I did when I was discouraged, like as soon as the sun went down, I just, that's when like mentally it was really hard for me. And I started setting alarms at six o'clock and having a dance party. So I played like praise and worship music and then like the top hit of like hip hop music and just was like dancing in my living room, trying to like encourage myself and get myself hype and um, just keep my spirits up because maybe there would be a baby tonight, maybe not, but I still wanted to have like good energy and just really like an open spirit and get excited for him to come whenever that would be. I'm curious, Liz, like had the baby not come, what kind of tricks are you talking about? <laughs> this is a side um, point. We have homeopathy, herbs, castor oil, stripping membranes, using a Foley bowl. There's just a lot of things that we can do. That sounds like quite an evening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys didn't have to go down that path. Was... Me too. So I guess labor started spontaneously after one of these dance parties, but that is an excellent place to take a little break. We're going to be right back and find out how things got started. Don't go anywhere. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Leslie Carvins and Judah Lassant and midwife Bliss Young. So you didn't have to do anything crazy to get your labor started. And you said you one week late, which also makes me kind of a little crazy because uh, seems to me like you were right on time. <laughs> yeah, no, true, true. I think that's part of the reason you, you go so nuts at the end is because uh, you feel like you've passed the expiration date and you're late and like something should have happened that didn't happen. But truthfully, not really. And it's not the expiration date. If anything, anything at all, it's just the sell-by date and you still have two weeks to eat it. At mm least. -hmm. At least, at least. At least. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be throwing out all the eggs and cheese for no reason. So how did things get started? Yeah, I think it was after one of my dance parties to like five or six o'clock, I believe. I just remember being in the living room, kitchen area, talking to Carvin, and Carvin started telling jokes. So one of the things we spoke about as we prepared and when we took Bliss and Hayes' innate journey class, we talked about how do you prepare during early labor? Like what are some things, activities you can do? And one of the things Carvin's and I wrote down was like jokes, like something that has really been 
healing for us during this pandemic time is to watch stand-up comedy. And so Kyron literally did Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I memorized some portions of their uh, and I just put on a show. That's amazing. Yeah, that was around like 8.20 p.m. on that Tuesday, that is September the 29th. And yeah, she laughed herself into active labor. It was, it was crazy. Like quite literally. She was like, <laughs> 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 like literally that's, that's what happened. Uh, was, I wish we had some video of that stand-up comedy. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. I, I can't do it here because of copyright, but you know. Right. Yeah, it would probably put me into labor anyway. So, <laughs> just as a quick side point, right before this pandemic happened, ironically, I was doing our stand-up comedy show, and was and had a mutual client, and she was there, and she was at the table, and this guy was making jokes. I thought he was okay. He wasn't on fire that night, and all of a sudden, you'd hear this one person go, "Ah, ah," and I'm like, "Wow, she really." doesn't like that joke and it was a little you know fine then like a few minutes later he's making another joke and she's like ah i'm like who comes to a comedy club if you hate comedy and then uh after like literally i don't know about almost an hour of that uh she turns around she comes up to me and she's like hey dr Berlin, your show's really great and so super funny but i'm in labor and i gotta go home (laughs) you know i buy into laughing yourself into labor you know Yeah, so. It really happened. Like, I remember stopping and I was like, oh, this feels different. You know, this isn't just like Braxton Hicks. And I remember like everything became movement. Like I couldn't walk. I would just stop right in the middle of a surge, not a contraction for us. I think that really helped like changing the language just mentally. So I'd be like, surge. And I would like raise my hand and then like let it go around and then stop. And then that's when they knew like to time it because it went from like, 15 minutes apart and then you know it started out for about four hours they were probably about 20 minutes apart and then around 12 20 they started getting a little closer and then from 12 20 to 1 30 they were five minutes apart for that hour and then i knew from our class that the 511 rule was where we get it popping which is interesting (laughs) because in the class bliss you told us and that's what you call. And I called you and you were like, no, no, honey, that's not. <laughs> and I kind of was like a little like hot because I'm like, wait a minute. I was going to say, in your class, you told us. But I said, okay, you know, I'm going to trust Bliss. And call, the call, doula. Doula and call the doula. Call the doula. active labor. <laughs> so that so like from 8.20 p.m. to about 1.30 a.m. Yeah, we were just laboring, like watching Leslie labor. Uh, it was quite beautiful and difficult. That first hour was really rough because we didn't figure out our language yet. She's trying to figure out what movements she needed to do for us to be able to time the surges. And all so, yeah, I was like grabbing their hand, yeah. pushing them. She was like, like grabbing, time, go, go. <laughs> she kept telling <laughs> The funny story is, so Leslie's very words of affirmation. She needs to be like, you're doing great, girl. Girl, you killing it, girl. And she wants people to breathe with her. So she's breathing, and we're breathing with her, but she can't really hear us. So she's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> but I was breathing so hard, I almost passed out. <laughs> you were hyperventilating. I'm like, I'm about to pass it out. Didn't, I'm breathing. It didn't feel like, it felt like yeah. I was breathing by myself. And, you know, part of my, what I had expressed was that I would like people to breathe with me. You know, audibly, though. So audibly. audibly. So then I kind of started lying. I just started doing this with my mouth. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so she funny. felt like I was breathing. You're funny. But I was very surprised at like how out of body experience it felt. You know, I was telling someone when they asked what it felt like to have a surge or, you know, was it like um, a menstrual cramp, you know? And I was just like, no, it, it feels like out of body. Like I was saying that the only thing I could think of is like um, in, at church when people, you know, say they catch the Holy Spirit. Like it literally feels like your body is not jerking. I don't know the right word, but just like your body is it's telling you to do something and you got to roll with it. It feels like a big wave and literally like my movement was just like a sway side to side facing the wall with my eyes closed and just really taking deep breaths and saying the words on the wall, which is like breathe, release. Your body was made for this. You can do this. And I had Carvin's make a playlist, but we never even got to it because I was like, I don't want to hear anything but instrumental worship. Like, please don't play nothing. And I couldn't believe that for all the hours of labor. That's all that played. And I was just swaying back and forth. Yeah. So it sounds like you didn't have too much of a difficult time getting out of your head. Am I reading into that or? I would say in the beginning, yeah. I felt like once I feel like I had a rhythm, I feel like I could sink into it. Yeah, when it was rhythmic, like that 5-1, I felt like I had a rhythm and I could sway and breathe into it and I could sway and breathe into it. And um, Carvin's was helpful, like guiding my hips. I had my best friend Camille was there as well. And yeah, uh, our doula Karen Fields was there and she was really helped guiding. And um, yeah, it was was like, I felt really supported and all the lights were off and um, I was surprised that I wasn't, I didn't have that frazzle feeling like, oh my God, the baby's coming. I felt very much like in the zone. I think it was a mix. I think it was nuanced because I think they were like- In the moments. beginning. Yeah, yeah, in the <laughs> beginning, yeah, yeah. I think that's where the work as an artist comes in. And I think that really, really benefited uh, Leslie in the situation where, I mean, as an artist, her job is to investigate the human condition. Her job is to go through tension and what people would call pain and not run away from it. You know, she's just done so much of that work on her own as a woman and as an artist that it didn't make it necessarily easy, but it was different, but it felt like territory that she's been in, which was like, I must go through this thing in order to get the miracle that's on the other end of it. Yeah, so it was very transformative to watch sort of that experience. And then really to watch this sort of community of like mothers and women like around her like every time someone else entered the space it just added something her best friend Camille was here and she was incredibly helpful just serving like just in the water yeah just <laughs> serving and when Karen our doula came in, you know, she had a certain sensibility where I felt enough confidence to be like you know what I can like actually step back and do what I need to do for this moment because I, I too am overwhelmed and have her take over and then just having bliss as a midwife and building our relationship throughout this pregnancy just already feeling that confidence so that when she came in I'm like woof all right cool another advocate it's cool like listen <laughs> this time she's like hey honey you have to breathe <laughs> those simple words like already do a lot and then you know and then Hayes came Hayes has the Shakespearean deep resonant voice that just vibrates the back of your spine where she'd be like yes mama yes (laughs) baby's coming mama Mm, like just real theatrical and resonant so yeah it was really powerful to watch yeah women support my wife in ways that i couldn't and it was it was awesome it was great 
And then for me to surrender to that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that. It's one thing for me to say, hey, Leslie, relax, breathe into that thing. It's one thing for me to say. It's another thing for three women around you who've had three children to say that, mm-hmm. where it resonates a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, first of all, that was by far the best bliss and his impression that I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. spot on. Spot on. That's funny. I didn't like mine so much. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. You you don't like listening to your own voice because that was exactly. You know, know, I want to interject something. I want to highlight how special this couple is to me and what a journey that we went on together. We were all going through, obviously, a really challenging time, but they always were so curious and interested and deep and introspective and were so interested in this being a really transformative moment for their family. And I was so touched by that. And I knew that Leslie asked me a bunch of times, like, so what's it going to feel like when it starts? And, you know, she was just like, how am I going to be? And when I walked in and, you know, we usually come when labor is very active and they've already created a rhythm and a pattern with their support people. And so I kind of try and, you know, quietly come in and set up and listen to baby and do vitals. And I haven't been moved to tears walking into a labor like that in a very long time. And just to witness her, she had it. Her support team was there, but she was on top of it and around it. And I was just so elated to watch her becoming a mother. You know, we've become so close. So this was a very, very special moment for me as well. Just want to say that. I'm going to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You do feel like the incredible energy. Yeah. And, you know, Carvin's the way you just sort of pictured and took in so much detail of what was going on around you. I think that also a lot of partners are a little out of body and not totally aware of everything that's happening. But the way, you know, you saw each of those puzzle pieces coming together and what role they played is kind of amazing. My wife is a doula and I'm a doula and we had a doula for all four of our births because, you know, there's a lot of people who could play the role of doula and there's only one person who can be that partner, that loving partner. Mm-hmm. And so we chose for me to be the, the partner role and to have somebody else be the doula. Let's take another quick break. We got to find out. I feel like we're hitting the uh, climax of the story. That's a great cliffhanger. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are nearing the highlights of this story, although it's just literally already such a beautiful story. And it's always hard to tell these epic journeys in 35 minutes. But what happens next? If bliss comes, I mean, it usually means things are moving along. That's what we thought, right? No. (laughs) Set up the pool. I was having a lot of back pain. They were giving me counter pressure. I was very excited to get in the pool. Well, even before that, Leslie had a moment where she was like, Bliss, can you check me? Because I need to know where I'm at. Like, I just need to know where I'm at. And then Bliss, like, do you want to do an exam? Leslie's like, yeah. Leslie jumps on the bed, <laughs> pops open her legs. And, you know, Bliss is, goes in and Bliss said, hmm. And I was like, hmm. And, and she was like, yeah, that's the head. And when I see Bliss have urgency, that's why I'm like, all right, it's about to go down. So we, like, we're like, oh, that's the head. 
let's get this popping. Then the pool was set up. Then the pool came, and I got in there, and everything slowed down. Oh. Now, oh. I would say that mentally I was prepared for this because other people had expressed that this happened. And I just sat there and I tried and, I, you know, trying to feel the contractions in, push and breathe in and out. And then I was just like, I got to get out of this. Now, what I didn't know, Carb said it was like four hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long it was. That started at 4 a.m. She was in there probably like 6, 18. So it was about 10 Almost. I don't remember. I just remember, like, I need to get out of this. And then it was so interesting. So out of the pool. And then it somehow, physically, I got into, like, pushing down, like, squatting in, like, our hallway and getting a lot of counter pressure. Like, my back was in a lot of strong sensations. And I needed counter pressure. And I don't know. Somehow I was just trying to squat and trying to, like, lower down my body. And then that's when I hit the place of, like, really discouragement and mentally I was very discouraged in my head I was like okay bliss I'm about to be a transfer but out loud I was like come on baby let's go can't wait to meet you like I was literally like cheering myself out loud I was yeah telling the team like okay give me affirmations okay like please tell me I got this because <laughs> that was the hardest part like the hallway I, you know it felt like he wasn't going to come. It wasn't happening in my head. But out loud, I was like, you know, holding everybody's hand, pushing. I was like, you know, keep trying, breathing, following the contractions. Plus, when you check Leslie on the bed before all this happened, do you remember where things stood? No, I assume if, if we um, said the head and set up the tub, then she was either complete or close to complete. But from a midwifery perspective, you know, just because you're dilated doesn't necessarily mean that it's time to push. We really allow the mom to follow her instincts and to do what feels right to her. We have better outcomes in general. The baby transitions better, better in terms of tearing, better in terms of bleeding, all of that. So it's more about following the mom's rhythm. And obviously Leslie was doing what felt right for her body at the time. I wasn't concerned about how long it was taking, but I know that sometimes when we have an expectation or a desire to be done, that can be discouraging. So I think that's the process that she was moving through during that time. And then I was going to say it was helpful because then Bliss, you gave me, I forgot what it's called, on my back. TENS unit. Oh, TENS, electric simulation. Mm-hmm, Yeah. That was good. And then I went to the bathroom and just like hunkered over and like nap for I don't even know how long. For about an hour. That was about 6.30 to about 7.30. Yeah. You're a great timekeeper. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like I have no concept of time. I just remember like, am I really going to be able to fall asleep? And then it really helped. It really, really helped. Just sitting? No, the, the 10. The, the, oh, the 10s. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So an hour there. And then um, back into the tub. Oh. And then I think I was just trying to push. I can't really remember. But what I do remember is Bliss is like, okay, you got two options. We can, you know, continue to be in the pool, give you some hydration, get you some snack, you can lay back down. Or two, I can give you these herbs, and it could, you know, help onset your contractions. And I was like, get this baby out. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember drinking it like a shot, hopping out the pool, and I was, like, ready. Like, I remember, like, going down, you know, continuing the motion of, like, squatting and pushing, and everyone was, like, around and helping. 
I don't know how long that was, but I do remember I reached a point where I was very discouraged and I said it out loud and I was crying. I was like, I'm very discouraged. Like, where is he? Like, I just was very like, I felt defeated. And then literally, well, hold on. I got to back up a little bit. Bliss gave me a birthing stool, right? Yes, yes, yes. Bliss saw that you were doing these deep squats. She was like, I think the birthing stool is, is where the, the cake is at. <laughs> this might help. Yeah, yeah. Also did not know what the birthing stool was. And I'm like, what is this metal thing? I know what I know what it was. I'm like, what is this? What contraption is this? And uh, yeah, and then the birthing stool. Yeah, and then the birthing stool. And that was like really great. So yeah, I was on the birthing stool. I had that moment of discouragement. And then like right after that, it was like a couple pushes. And then it was like the mirror, she said, look. And then I remember just like reaching down and like pulling him up. Like I just like... <laughs> And the small details within that frame that I found to be powerful were the different pushing techniques that Hayes and Bliss were telling Leslie to do. The way they had her oh, yeah. anchor down, yeah, yeah. the way they had her breathe, you know, visualizing, yo, act like you take in a dump, do that. That's the sensation that we want. I was holding Leslie's back. I have chronic like back injuries. I've had like three herniated discs. So I know a lot about just back pain. And I can feel just pushing against her sacrum, the difference of what her back felt like during these different breathing techniques. So I felt like what it was before. And then when she used this new technique, I literally felt her sacrum open up. So yeah. I knew things were moving forward, given what I was feeling from her back. I couldn't see anything from the front. So I thought that was really important when that happened. But yeah, when she was screaming out that she was just discouraged, that was when it was hardest for me. But I had to, like, keep it together. But I'm, like, behind her, like, just weeping, like, crying. But she can't really see. Aww. And, uh, yeah, what was powerful, the most powerful line out of all of this was Bliss saying, that's your baby. Reach down and grab your baby. Aww. It was so empowering to hear someone tell my wife, that's your baby. Reach down and grab it. Like, you're good. And then to hear his first cry. It was a yeah, yeah. It was just in awe. Like, I couldn't believe that I reached down and pulled into my chest. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, that first cry never gets old, huh? No, never. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what you felt or what you saw on your end. I'm curious. Well, you know, I mean... You know what I'm saying? You've been in the game for a long time, but yeah. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. You know, for a midwife... It can take a long time for a first-time mom to push your baby out. So it's always so individualized during that time of, like, reminding her that this is normal and that she is going to have her baby and that it's coming at any time. And that stool can be so effective. And I just was watching her work so hard. And... I knew that the baby was right there because I had the vantage point, obviously, of being able to see the crowning and all of that. And Elliot, as I was mentioning before, you know, a lot of times we try and help moms follow their own instincts, but sometimes you need a little bit of direction. So, you know, giving some guided pushing and helping with that process can be really helpful. And I think that those little tips and tools, you know, sometimes we visualize the home birth being in the water and la, la, la. And then, you know, the reality is it's a little bit harder work to get your baby out sometimes. But that moment that you got to grab your baby and bring your baby to your chest is, you know, it's such a beautiful moment. 
I love being in the front row seat. It's the best. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been to home birth with you. One of them sticks out in my mind as I don't think anybody, and she had a big kind of cast of characters. I don't think anybody ever once told her how to push or when to push. Of course, it was the second baby, but she just found her instincts, and when she was ready, she pushed. And the other cool thing was the head came out on one of the pushes, and you were just like sitting there, did some kind of yoga pose quietly, <laughs> never saying anything. I kind of feel like when we see that at the hospital, like there's this big rush where somebody grabs the head and tries to yank yeah. the baby out. You were just chill, so she was chill. We were all chill, and next one or two surges the rest of the baby came out and it was just like so peaceful and calm and and again no real coaching but like you said sometimes it does call for coaching and certain if somebody asked for coaching then you are there with some good tips and tricks that birthing stool well two questions were you planning to give birth in water um i would say in the early part of my pregnancy yeah i'm gonna have a water birth yeah yeah then as i talked to more moms it was like you should be open to the possibility that you could birth anywhere and so I think I changed my mindset. And even like during the time when I would be walking around the house, just like kind of praying and thinking about the birth, I would walk around all the parts so I could just be ready. Like maybe it's here, maybe it's on the stairway, maybe it's in the hallway, maybe it's in the bathroom. And like, that was another reason why I put my affirmations like in the bathroom, in the hallway, because I wanted to be open to the possibility of wherever I would give birth, that I would be like comfortable and just be open to that. Yeah, that's so smart. And then that birthing stool, so that specifically helps with kind of squatting. Is that the goal? Um, Yeah, I mean, it opens up the pelvis, but also you can kind of pull on it too with your hand. So it's a little bit different than just sitting on a toilet. Sometimes I feel a little bit like a mechanic (laughs) underneath, (laughs) underneath like paying attention to the perineum and working on things. But, you know, in a hospital, the position of being on your back with your feet in the stirrups is all about being comfortable for the provider, you know, that birth stool is definitely more about the mom than it is about us because we are definitely not in a good position in terms of our bodies. But, you know, it's very effective and it's got some downsides. You know, it's not my first choice. Sometimes we have more tearing and bleeding on a birth stool, but, you know, you have to kind of weigh out as Leslie was saying, she was getting discouraged and feeling a little defeated. And so it's one of those things that, you know, when you're at that point, you know that you can usually get the baby to really move down in that position. So you just have to use the tools that you have in the ways that work for each individual situation. Actually, it reminds me of another birth I did with you, Bliss, where I was the birth stool. <laughs> I remember that. It was that. her fifth baby. <laughs> she just dropped down where she wanted to give birth, and I was behind her, which was kind of cool, Carver, that, that you said you could feel how the sacrum was reacting to the different things that Leslie was doing and, and what was helping her open up and relax and helping the baby move down. Uh, I've been to a lot of births where I'm holding on to the sacrum, and it took me a long time to really get a good feel for those things. Uh, so you got some really good intuitive touch. And uh, acting doesn't work out. We always have a spot in the office for you. <laughs> you know, I'll take you up on that because it is a pandemic. And, you know, I yeah, don't know. absolutely. <laughs> and when we get back into 100%, when we get back into doing our comedy show, <laughs> I have a slot for you. Well, well thanks. They say in the street that my comedy onset births out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a birth comedian. All right. We only have a few minutes left. Let's talk about parenthood. How's it going for you guys? Two months in. You know, this sums it up. Leslie gave birth to the baby and we're in bliss. You know, it's just, we're, we're just in awe. And 
you know, uh, I'm like, listen, can I help you bring all this stuff to your car? She's like, sure. She pulls around and bring everything to the car. Bliss looks at me dead in the eye. She goes, Carl, how do you feel? I'm like, man, I just feel so, I don't even remember what I said. I just feel so blessed and crazy. It was one of the wildest rides that I've ever been on. And she looked me dead in my eyes. She says, ah, it's only the beginning. <laughs> now I'll never forget it. Because that was only the beginning. It's crazy. You prepare so much for this moment, this climactic yeah. moment, yeah. as you should, right? Because you can't end game. You can't go, well, this is how I'm going to treat the fourth trimester. You got to have the baby, right? There's so many things that can happen when you're dealing with something of this magnitude. But man, the birth versus a newborn, <laughs> woo, it's different. It's, it's a challenge. That's something know? we say in the hood. That's different. It's different. <laughs> it, it has been a challenge. Like, I think it's layered with like being isolated at home, away from family, like because of the pandemic. So it feels different. Like no one's coming to like give you those congratulation cards and the balloons and coming to visit. So I don't know. It feels like everything feels magnified. One cry feels like 10 cries, you know, one hour in, in your arms. So it was like, man, was he there for three hours? You know, like everything kind of just feels magnified. I would say there's such a duality of like, oh my God, this is a lot. And then looking in his eyes and he smiles. Ooh. And you're like, I love him, oh my gosh. You know, it's like, <laughs> they both exist. So I think overall, I feel like, you know, people are trying to remind me, is he eating? You know, is he gaining the weight? He's healthy, you know, he's not, I was gonna say overweight. But <laughs> I was gonna say, he's surpassing the weight for his, you know, months of age. And so I'm trying to remind myself, like, we got this, we're doing a good job, but it's challenging. And it wasn't that we weren't prepared. I don't think that's true. I feel like we did a lot of work dialoguing about expectations, having a language about how we wanted to speak to each other, going ahead of what we knew the arguments would be, you know, trying to figure out a system of what would work. So it wasn't that we weren't prepared, because I feel like we are extremely mindful, at least in my perspective. But for me, it's about having a lack of detail of when people communicate about what's hard about postpartum. Everyone goes, yo, it's hard. Or they go, don't have a baby. But they don't say, hey man, you're going to have to take care of your wife as she heals and the baby. So logistically, it's like, all right, who's watching the baby when I'm trying to take care of my wife? <laughs> just logistically, right? You know, how he's eating. Does he have a good lash? There's just so many details I don't think are shared because for a lot of people, it might be a point of trauma. Or for a lot of people- It's it, a blur, they don't blur. remember. It's a blur, they don't remember. That's what a lot of people said to me. And I think similar to what Carmen said, it's like, okay, I just gave birth. Let me process this amazing home birth because I've always wanted a home birth story. Oh, wait, um, my breasts are engorging. Okay, I need to process, figure that out. Colostrum, how do I breastfeed? Does he have good lunch? Oh, wait, I'm sore. Can you help me to the bathroom? You know, like, oh, I'm hungry. Did I eat? Did you eat? Yes. Did he eat? Yeah, and you know, I think it's true. They say it takes a village to raise a child, and right now it's just you guys. So you're the village, and you're on your own. It's a lot harder that way. You know, our fourth baby, we did a home birth with a midwife, and, you know, I remember her leaving. How many babies do we have? <laughs> I lost track of four. I'm pretty sure we're up to four. You got more than four babies? No, no, I just have, I'm pretty sure it's just four. Yeah, I don't trust my wife. She has babies everywhere. So <laughs> I'm in awe. I'm in awe. 
anybody who has more than one child. Yeah, but you will. Like, when that new car scent wears off, you'll be like, hey, let's have another one. That's what happens. I don't know, man. I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, wait till after a year. You're going to forget all about it. Yeah, but you only have two months. You'll get there. Look, I got to tell you this. My kids are, my youngest is 10 years old now. I got a 16-year-old. He's driving. He's looking at college. It just was like that quickly. And, you know, just enjoy it. Be present, as present as you can be. And, and, you know, it's the hardest job in the world, I think. And it's the most rewarding. So you guys look so new parent beat, which is wonderful, but so bonded, so loving it's just such a sweetest little family of three right there um it's just literally making me a little emotional <laughs> so uh you want to have another yeah. one no i don't want to have another one but uh <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like we should leave some for the other people that's uh... <laughs> Gosh. All right. What an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story, both your pregnancy and your postpartum. And just congratulations. It was so sweet and so inspiring. And Bliss, thanks for joining me again here on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and insight and your warmth. And uh, you have your own podcast. I do. Yeah, Dr. Stu's podcast. Dr. Stu's podcast. And what I was thinking is if ever, like you're under the weather and you can't make it, you could just have Carver and Stu's impression of you the whole time. <laughs> I will. I'm so sorry you didn't like it, Bliss, but I thought it was decent. It's it pretty spot on. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. You know what? I love you all so much, so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna do a whole Bliss stand-up set. <laughs> okay, I will enjoy <laughs> that. I will enjoy that. I'm gonna wear the glasses. I'm gonna be glowing. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> All right. At home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you would like more pregnancy and parenting information, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news I got on.